0: Just think we were prepared, you know. One thing my uh, my trainer he told me, he said, What did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year, and it's like, Oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something, or you know, Drew's gone. And it, oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're gonna be the shit.
1: what up. Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Food Media, presented by Hornito's Tequila. I'm Jacob Krasnow, alongside Allison Whitlock. Sean Haspel, unfortunately, could not be with us tonight, so Allison and I will be reliving the torture of Sunday morning, or Sunday afternoon, depending on where you watch the game. <laughs> um, how was your viewing experience how did you how did you experience the Saints losing another heartbreaking game to the Tennessee Titans?
0: Um overall more enjoyable heartbreak in the moment as far as where I was because I watched the Falcons shit show in LAX which was horrendous. Um overall as I'm sure you would relate to um but I was here in the comfort of my home um definitely more painful loss. I don't know how you feel about it overall in the context of the game will get to so many horrendous things that include horrific refereeing, um, horrible kicking. Um, but generally other than that, and like some BS penalties that go in with, go along with that as well. Um, defense played well. Like I'm not disappointed in them. The score is bullshit because seven of those points should have come off the board. Um, they were from the referee directly, Um, and we missed two extra points as well. So like, it feels more frustrating because it felt like a lot of things, like we did everything in our control that we needed to do, like from a game plan perspective to win the game. Um, and unfortunately did not, um, even like the false start. I mean, well, you know, my passion, passionate hatred for Troutman, but at the two point (laughs) attempt, like everything felt like they were trying to make us not win. And in fact, it literally covered the spread exactly. Like it's just bonkers to me. Like there's an NFL fix going on <laughs> outside of the saints as well. So like, I just thought it was all very fishy and annoying and weird. Um, Simeon played well overall, which gives me hope. Like the fact that we didn't even have a hundred yards rushing. We didn't have Kamara receivers did okay, but nothing to write home about. And like Simeon still almost had 300 yards. Um, there's a lot of good to take away from it, but like the fact that we should have been kicking a PAT to like go up one with a minute to go is like pretty disheartening.
1: Yeah. I think uh, we'll get to the the refereeing stuff and the kicking in a second. Um, But I, I would have been like way more angry about this game. Had I not watched the game the way I had to watch it because I was super hungover from watching LSU lose the night before. Um, and I woke up on Sunday morning to find out that there was a massive fire somewhere in LA that knocked out a bunch of fiber cables. So there was literally no way to watch the game except on my phone through, uh, dubious means. So I still, still drunk, still feeling it, had to watch that mess on my iPhone laying in bed in the dark.
0: Well, that explains why you were inactive on the group chat.
1: Yes, uh, yes, I <laughs> physically could not text because I was watching the Saints and was trying to like figure out what was going on because my brain was a bowl of soup. Um, so in that, that was way, me in the
0: Atlanta game, I just couldn't even digest what was going on mentally.
1: Sometimes when you you need the hair of the dog, it's a little better. Uh, it it the hard the hard games go down a little easier because you're a little less aware of what's going on. I think I would have been way more pissed had I actually been alert and caffeinated. That's Um, true. (laughs) But yeah. dulled out. So there were a lot of reasons why the Saints lost, but sort of like the big talking point is the blown roughing the passer call against Caden Ellis at the end of the first half. Saints were up. Um... Six to three at the time, and was it six to three? I should probably yeah, check
0: that. It was, but or maybe six six. Because I remember I was, at one point six, six. we had yes. six, they had six, and then the refs had six. Right, so I think that that's why.
1: So Caden Ellis uh, basically missed Ryan Tannehill on a blitz and grazed the back of his nameplate and got called for roughing the passer. It gave the Titans new life. They scored, and the Saints never really recovered from that.
0: It undid an interception. Yes,
1: and it undid a Marcus so Williams So it was like they wouldn't
0: have even – and after that, they also got another new set of downs for an additional bullshit pass interference or holding call um, in the red zone as well. So they got it redone on the roughing the passer that undid the interception, and then they got a fresh set of downs after that, and then they scored, so they literally had six downs in the within like five yards. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. At this
1: point, like, what do do we say? Like, what what is there left to say about the state of officiating in the NFL? Like, it's not like this in any other sport, and it keeps happening. It happened last week in the Bears-Steelers game. We all, in our group chat, kind of laughed about it and said that, you know, we don't really feel sympathy for them. But, I mean, it really is, like, insane. It's insane that this keeps happening over and over again,
0: and – And actually impacting the outcome of games. It is. Yeah. Like, it's just like, and again, like, if it had even been borderline, like, you know, the borderline, like, helmet to helmet that, like, does or doesn't get called. It's like, okay, like, whatever. You can't challenge it. You didn't see it from the right angle. Like, it was hardly even a tackle or not even, like, it's just trash call.
1: I mean, to me, it wasn't even close.
0: No, I'm, I'm saying like, that's what's upsetting about it. Like we could have argued all day about one that was like close, but wrong. But like, this was just like not even in the realm of possibility of being accurate. Um, And when you're in the red zone and there's a turnover involved, like clearly that's actually swinging the outcome of a game by, you could argue 14 points.
1: Yeah. The product, the on-field product is tainted. And yeah. it's been like this for a long time. and i wanted to bring up something that sean and i have discussed uh several times since the no call and that is like what on earth can like the fans do like what 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 can there be done to make the nfl actually enact some sort of change you know put a put a sky judge in the booth or have some sort of replay facility like the NBA has that can just buzz in and change a call or maybe hire full-time referees that aren't 50, 60, sometimes even 70 year old men who can't even keep up with the players on the field. Like well, It's also
0: like, it's, it's a different idea, but not dissimilar to what we've talked about multiple times this year in terms of like the risk reward factor of like, a play that knocks out a player permanently. Like it's only 15 yard penalty or whatever. And a bullshit fine. Like why wouldn't you do it? There's no penalties for these refs when they make these horrendous errors, like fucking Vinovich ref Super Bowl after he made the most (laughs) egregious call in the history of the sport quite literally. So like at the bare minimum, can we not like call out these errors and like penalize these refs in some way that makes them not want to make errors?
1: Yeah. I, it, what makes it even like crazier is that the, the coaches aren't even allowed to comment on it. They yeah. get fined if they comment on, on the, the officiating after the yeah, game, he, which he is he like,
0: presser. it was, he was holding it in, in intensely.
1: Uh, these are literally Gestapo tactics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, I think, and this is not something that fans want to hear but I do think it's the truth. Like if you want to make the NFL notice and sit down and and really think like, okay, we have to change this or the game is going to suffer irrevocably. Like don't watch the games. Don't go to the games. Don't buy the jerseys. Don't buy the concessions. Boycott the league. Um, I mean, you can obviously still watch the games through uh extra legal means if you know how to do so. Um, but <laughs> don't contribute. Pro. you should teach us. <laughs> well, I didn't hear that. That's not true. <laughs> um, you must be thinking of another Jacob.
0: <laughs>
1: but like that's the only way is if you hit the owners in their wallet and New Orleans has shown that they can do that because they boycotted the Super Bowl after the 2018 season and it cratered their ratings. And that's really the only way the NFL is going to notice is if the product suffers so much that people stop watching and they stop spending their money and their time on it. Um,
0: Listen, if more and more teams are impacted the way that we were and nothing will ever level that one, but they're starting to like accumulate in terms of like season altering calls in terms of, like, one game or another. Like, if the Bears miss the playoffs by a half game, like, that's on refereeing. Yeah. Just and that, up.
1: that situation is... It's like it's, <laughs> it's like it's funny how absurd it was. Yeah, We didn't talk about it on the pod after it happened. But, like, this poor guy, Cassius Marsh, or whatever yeah. his name is, gets called up from the practice squad, makes the biggest play of the season, or for his biggest play of the season, yeah. and is like inexplicably called for taunting and then gets hip checked by Tony Carrenti, the referee. And you like know, who didn't all-
0: get flagged for taunting was Aaron Rodgers for telling Chicago Bears fans. He owns them. Yeah. So I, like, I like that's if worse. we're going to call that bullshit call, like call it on everyone <laughs> or don't call it at all. I hate it.
1: It's a kangaroo court out there. Yeah. It's a free for all. There are no rules. It's uh. This feeling has subsided, I think, for a lot of people. But, you know, to use a wrestling term, like key fob has been broken. Like the product is broken. The fourth wall is broken. We can see the seams in the quilt. And it's unraveling. And uh, it's probably going to take a million more bad calls on the field for the NFL to notice. Unless people actually do something about it.
0: So... It needs to impact impact a team that has national clout, like the Pats or Tom Brady. Yes. Can we please
1: get, I don't know, one of your New York Giants to suplex Tom Brady and shatter his helmet and then not get called for roughing the passer? That's what needs to happen.
0: That probably has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. Tom Brady always gets the call, but. We
1: need Brady to not get the call. I think that's – that's Yeah, what...
0: something like that on like a huge scale, like Mahomes, someone else that they like suck off all the time. And then they'll feel the pain. Oh,
1: they will. Um, speaking of people that have not really felt the pain, I don't think we've cut Brian Johnson, our kicker yet, have we? No. After – he, I mean, he—he he had as much to do with the loss as the the refs did. Yes. Like, even
0: if he only missed one, we're kicking that field goal the, or the PAT to go to overtime.
1: Yep. Hey, man, the first missed PAT looked so weird. Like I it, it looked like it hit a that. bird or and died in midair. It was very strange. It was so weird. Yeah, but we yeah, need a new I, kicker. I mean, it I, it it is—it's affecting the season now.
0: Yeah. Correct. And Peyton, it sounded like alluded to it in his presser being like, I'm noticing who's making plays and who's not, but like, he hasn't done anything about it.
1: I'm worried about Lutz. Like, I'm worried about... Well, he's not
0: coming back, right? No,
1: he's not coming back this season. I mean, like, I'm worried about his career. Like, we we sort of started to talk about this in another pod. I won't go into details, but we ended up cutting it because it's kind of gross and weird. But like, I feel like when when you have that sort of like core muscle surgery and something goes wrong, then something has gone like seriously wrong. Like they put mesh in your body to reinforce that injury. And if it doesn't take, or if it shifts, then you have to have another surgery. And I don't know, he's not exactly young. So I don't know. I worry about what kind of shape he's going to be in next year. Yeah. But you know, on a lighter note, like you said before, Trevor Simeon looks pretty legit. Like we have a basically a three game sample now, he's thrown for a little over seven hundred yards, five touchdowns, no picks, but he did lose a fumble, and he's at fifty seven percent completion percentage. So he is not the problem with the offense.
0: No, he's doing exactly what Jameis was. That's literally like J- what Jameis was um, through his first couple of games. Um, the drop passes are so bad. Um, obviously without Kamara, <laughs> there wasn't that much to work with, um, in the backfield either. I feel like I saw Juwan Johnson make a couple plays in the first half and then we didn't really go back to him in the second half, even though I feel like he's a much better option in my opinion than Troutman, um, for receiving at tight end anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean the receiving is another thing that's directly impacting impacting games the same way the kicker is um, which I believe Peyton also alluded to um, in terms of what's going wrong. Like it's actually incredibly impressive that we should have won this game, (laughs) like all things considered, Um, which again, I don't feel like anyone's giving us credit for because it's a, it's a really good defense. And then like, (laughs) Kamara who was out Ingram who had a medium day at like 45 yards or something. Um, he did break deuces record, which we should take a moment to acknowledge. Um, very cool. Um, yeah. And like a really big deal. Like he, I don't know that I ever, because Ingram and Kamara were dual back. Like it's such a recency bias to me Then the years that it was just Ingram kind of like being our solo back. Um, after we drafted him initially, but it's big time, big time stuff. So, and I think Kamara is getting pretty close to Colston's all time touchdown record.
1: Yeah, too. he's got to be.
0: So, those are yeah. exciting milestones. But I wish they were coming with, with wins. I mean, these two wins I feel like are ones we're going to look back on in a few weeks and be like, if we would have had those, we could have been the five seed potentially, even win the South because. Tampa lost another ridiculous game. Like the Falcons got embarrassed. The Panthers happened to win, but like, I don't think that's sustainable, but either way, the Rams lost last night. So like all these NFC contenders keep giving up wins and we also gave up wins. So like, I think it's something we'll look back on and really wonder where we could have been if we had figured it out in the last We're lucky.
1: Yeah. We're lucky we've been able to tread water with everybody else losing but yeah. yeah, it's painful to think that had we just won two of the three winnable losses, yeah, we would be tied with the Cardinals for the best record in the NFC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm I am like a little worried about the offense tanking us this season and being our undoing. Like I, I hate to verbalize this and put it out in the world, but the offense is a major factor in in us not being able to get out in front of these like bad teams or uh, the Titans aren't a bad team, but like uh, a fully powered saints team should have crushed the Falcons yeah. and like not being able to get off to a fast start has doomed us. And I don't know how that's going to get better. Um,
0: it's not. I mean, the answer is like, and even like, I'm thinking back, even like our Super Bowl year, right? Like that defense was okay, but they scored. So like, like the only way we're gonna like offset this is if our defense continues to create either incredibly short field opportunities, which they've done, along with my man Gilligan. But like, yeah. they also need to score points, or else we're not gonna be able to keep up. It's just a fact. I'm pretty sure a scoring offense is like in the bottom 10 teams.
1: Um, Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I do think, you know, however, having said all that, I couldn't help, but think this while watching the Niners destroy the Rams on Monday night football. Like why can't the saints, why can't Peyton take a page out of Shanahan's book. Like, why don't we just steal that offense? We have Mm -hmm. a better offensive line than the Niners do. The Niners just lost one of their best guys. Mike He's out for the year.
0: Yeah, but they have like real receivers and real like Kittle is arguably like the top three tight end.
1: But Garoppolo doesn't throw that much. And I feel like we have two really great running backs, and we have Taysom Hill. Yeah. So why not just run the ball down people's throats? And Taysom Hill doesn't need to be like the starter at quarterback, but at least play him more in those early downs.
0: I agree. I mean, we would have made that two-point conversion if it didn't get pushed back five yards because we would have – had a Taysom option. He was in, and then we pulled him when it pushed back to like a seven yard play.
1: Wasn't that another crucial Adam Troutman mm-hmm. mistake? He was, he committed the false start. Mm-hmm. Man, he really is just garbage.
0: I cannot believe he has a job.
1: Yeah. Well, as Sean was quick to remind us last week, he apparently is a good blocker, but. I honestly don't watch the, the coaches' film, so I don't know whether or not that's true. Um, but yeah, like you said earlier, I don't know why we don't use Juwan Johnson more. Like, he doesn't even have to be used as a tight end. He could be the Jimmy Graham guy who lines up in the yeah. slot, and he's suddenly like a 6'4", Receiver that is being covered by a safety or a small corner or a linebacker, pretty much anybody is a mismatch on somebody that size. Correct. Can it's run like down. what
0: Jared Cook used to do before he became he who shall not be named.
1: Yes. It's
0: not like he was an incredible receiver or tight end. No.
1: No. He is washed, he is still yeah. washed.
0: Let us take a moment to pause and celebrate Odell already failing, though.
1: Oh, yeah. We should have a little bit of schadenfreude. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, that was a really fun game to watch.
0: It was so fun. Like, the first series, they threw to him on the first pass, and I was like, oh, they're just going to, like, make it Odell's day. And then, like, two plays later, Stafford was, like, one of the worst picks I've ever seen that was, like, clearly coming from Odell, having, like, one day of practice and not knowing to, like, cut the route in <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> perfect and then like i think we like ate dinner and then came back and it was like 24 to 7 i was like oh god
1: the rams got absolutely road graded and you can even i think this is the smartest thing that steve levy's monday night football crew has ever said was that you can accumulate talent but that doesn't necessarily mean that the team is good yeah They These disparate pieces, if they don't play well together, then they're useless. You know, this isn't basketball. You can't just put five super athletic guys on the court and win every game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I do, I feel like I should backtrack a little bit from all the the bad juju last week um, after we learned that Robert Woods tore his ACL in practice. Yeah. So now the Rams actually do need a receiver the reporting on that is a little funky like it seems like they signed odell before the injury but i don't know i feel like they probably knew and it wasn't it didn't come out until later in the week
0: yeah it is a little weird the order of operations but, there it was like within hours
1: yeah uh, the Rams got destroyed. They're unraveling. They're unraveling on national TV every week, and it's pretty great. Odell or no Odell, it would have been amazing. It's amazing to watch.
0: I agree. It was um, San Francisco's first home win since before COVID.
1: Wow. That's amazing. I also yeah. didn't know that Levi Stadium was 40 miles away from yeah, San Francisco. It's not,
0: <laughs> it's not in San Francisco by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Could you imagine having to drive to
0: Gonzalez to watch a Saints game I mean that's what you do here to go to a oh in New, game. Yeah. Um, in, in New York
1: in New York
0: in New York I mean you don't <laughs> drive but you have to commute essentially and it's horrendous
1: yeah I think I the, might go
0: to the Jets game though
1: I Really wanted to go to that game, but unfortunately, yeah. my work schedule is uh, probably going to prevent that from happening. Um,
0: I don't have a great record at MetLife, but whatever.
1: If the Saints lose to uh, Zach Wilson, then we are we our heads might explode on the podcast.
0: Yeah. It would, my, mine might explode within MetLife and then I won't be able to complete the pod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just going to be me. MetLife also
0: stopped serving alcohol at halftime. Why? I don't know. Just a more extreme version of the Dome doing that in the fourth quarter, but like Do they halftime? not like money? They don't want to make know. money? It's because everyone has to drive three hours after the game to get
1: home. Oh, woof. well that's what happens when you don't build the stadium in the city where your team is supposed to be playing correct all right well next week hopefully the saints are able to beat the eagles we play the eagles on the road it's a noon slash 10 a.m. slash 1 p.m. 1 p.m. kickoff um I don't really know what to think about the Eagles. They seem to be very inconsistent this year. They Um, are extremely
0: inconsistent, but I'll take Sean Payton over Nick Sirianni all day.
1: I have a, I have no idea who Nick Sirianni is, which is something (laughs) I should not admit as a podcaster for an NFL team. He's been using all these ridiculous
0: metaphors in his um, like pressers about the Eagles needing to like, that they're like, flowers like getting watered in the garden and like they'll grow over time and all the Eagles fans are like yo shut the fuck up
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah my dad's family is from Philadelphia and I've I've I have heard tale of the fan base there and I they definitely do not have patience for weird shit like that
0: we were gonna go to the game because Philly's really close to here but it's just like There's too much going on um, with Thanksgiving being next week and stuff. Um, But we were going to go with two of our friends that are from Philly and they were literally like, we're going to have to sit in the nice seats if Allie wants to make it out of the stadium alive.
1: Oh my God.
0: (laughs) I was like, let's just not go then, you know? No thanks.
1: I uh, So they, as soon as, as their stadium, Lincoln Financial Field became a thing, I guess in like, 2003 or four whenever they built it it mm-hmm. immediately earned the nickname the link but what the locals actually call it is the stink which <laughs> i think is an amazing nickname
0: that is an amazing nickname it's a, it's like a cool thing though they have all the stadiums next to each other and there's like a big old bar in the middle it's like it it's fun in that like it's the opposite of MetLife, where like it's like this don't like you're in the mix but
1: that yeah that sounds like philly yeah you know, you gotta have the bar, you know, right by the stadium. Otherwise, it's just not worth going. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in Pennsylvania sounds like they're in Mayor of Easttown.
0: <laughs> that's that's true.
1: You know, Jalen Hurts sucks, but he doesn't suck as much as uh, Donovan McNabb. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jalen Hurts is not terrible. He has been. Well, he has. He was terrible at the beginning of the year. He's been better the last couple games. Yeah, the Eagles destroyed the. Oh, hello, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have we to have a... say about
0: Jalen Hurts?
1: We have a guest. Uh, you think that he analyst. stinks?
0: <laughs> I think he stinks too.
1: <laughs> those uh, okay. those guttural uh, dog noises you're hearing are is Hank uh, Allison's beautiful baby boy bulldog.
0: Yeah, he he's decided.
1: He's decided to join us. Yeah. Um, He's
0: ready for bed. (laughs) That's okay. We're going to be done soon.
1: Yes. We'll wrap up soon. Predictions forthcoming. I feel like if I actually think we match
0: up well against the Eagles. Do you disagree?
1: I agree. I I agree. Um, Miles Sanders is hurt. They weren't even really using him to begin with. Uh, Miles Sanders is their running back. Um, They've sort of been platooning at running back in the time being and... One of them is former Saint. Boston Scott, who is yeah. pretty good, but none of these guys scare me from like a talent standpoint. the only The only two players that I think can really burn us are Jalen hurts if he you know takes on the taysom Hill role and breaks contain and runs all over us, which is possible. Um, he's done it. although the last the last few games when they've played well, he's been more of a pocket passer. Um, and his success is directly linked to the success of Devonta Smith their rookie receiver from Alabama who uh, won the Heisman Trophy as a receiver last year. Uh, I feel like Lattimore really needs to be dialed in or Devonta Definitely. Smith will burn us. Um, yeah. If that happens, then I feel pretty good. They're banged up. Um, Dallas Goddard, their tight end is hurt. He has a concussion. I don't know if he's going to play. Their defense is mid- literally middle of the road. They rank 14th in both against the run and the pass, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a winnable game. We just actually have to show up and not beat ourselves. So let's it hear has, some predictions. Do we know if
0: Kamara is going to play?
1: No word on Kamara that I've seen yet. Um, they're Like... <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sick of not hearing any injury information from the Saints. It's almost as bad as the way LSU conducts things where a player will play a full game and then you'll find out on Monday that he tore his ACL and he's out for the season. Um, But Nick Underhill was saying last week that this is a, uh, I think, quote-unquote, a minor knee sprain. So that could mean... He's back this week. It could mean he's out for another week or two, but like a minor knee sprain is something that uh, shouldn't be cause for concern. Uh, but if he's back, then yeah, great fire yeah. him up. Cause but
0: maybe they're holding him. Cause then we have a short week since we play on Thanksgiving. Maybe he'll be back for the bills game.
1: It's possible. We'll find out uh, on Wednesday when the practice yeah. reports come out, whether or not I like if he practices Wednesday, then. For sure, he's he's playing. I think. Yeah. Um. All right. What do you think is going to happen?
0: Um. I think that it's going to be close, and then we'll break out in the fourth quarter with a special teams or defensive score. And I think we'll win twenty-seven to twenty.
1: I like that. I think that's probably going to end up being the most realistic prediction because mine is, of course, that the Saints win sixty-two to three. <laughs>
0: yep it has to be every week until it comes true which it might against the jets (laughs)
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say sean predicts the saints win 137 to negative six (laughs) that's sean's (laughs) very informed opinion yeah Um, absolutely
0: do you have do we have any um honorable mentions in the sad game
1: mark ingram i think it's gotta be gotta be two yard mark he, uh, like you said, he just sort of quietly is like the best, statistically the best running back, the the same running
0: back of all time.
1: And he was great. He really was great. Like he's got juice. He had that 38-yard catch and run Yeah. that sort of sparked the comeback. He still got it. Uh, yeah. Knock on wood. Um, boom and zoom. They're back. Ingram is more than capable of being the lead back on this or any other team.
0: Absolutely. My, I forgot, I didn't say my honorable mention, Deontay Harris, who was just like, obviously wide receiver one the whole game, um, which is incredible and still taking back punts and just like an undrafted free agent that made the Pro Bowl in his first year. And now he's literally like picking up the call to be like our only competent wide receiver, which is both scary and cool. Um, But he deserves a shout out.
1: He does. I'm always going to root for diminutive, diminutive, whoops, diminutive players because I myself am vertically challenged. And <laughs> anytime someone who is five foot six is out there making plays against defensive backs that are over six feet can't In help. But. It. Yeah. I'm proud of the guy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why we don't use him more because I feel like he could be like Tyreek Hill.
0: I was going to say, well, also, when I think back to, like, early 2010s, like, Darren Sproles. Like, we yeah. never really use him out of the backfield. And, like, I feel like he could do both. And, like, we do the tight end screen more than we do a true screen these days, especially when Kamara's out. And, like, he could be super dangerous in a play like that.
1: Yeah. I don't know why we haven't. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll see it later in the season. Who knows? Yeah but why don't we put Deontay Harris in the backfield and make him run those little up and in routes that Darren Sproles used to just knife through defenses. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, fuck Pierre Thomas used to do it and it's not like he was like a huge back. Like you just need a fast no. guy who can catch the ball.
1: Yeah. Sean Payton, please. I know you're in. <laughs> not listening. <laughs> please listen to us. <laughs> maybe, maybe Connor, Peyton, I, I know yeah. Connor Peyton. Apparently, he listens to uh, um, Saints Happy Hour. So maybe, maybe okay. through the grapevine, he'll hear about One us. Day. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. But before we go, we must pay homage to our sponsor, Hornitos Tequila. Hornitos Tequila for when you're an NFL official moments away from refing a game and you think, if I take this shot, what could possibly go wrong? How could I possibly blow a crucial game-changing call after consuming too much of this alcohol on a work day? Hornitos tequila, the official tequila of NFL refs everywhere, because they must be drunk, right? Hornitos tequila. All right, <laughs> for Allison Whitlock. I'm Jacob Krasno. This has been Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints Podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next week. Huda.
0: Huda.